0: Welcome, everyone. Today, my guest is Chris Clow, editor of Reverse Mortgage Daily, to talk about some of the seismic shifts in the reverse industry over the last two weeks, including Finance of America buying AAG, the collapse of reverse mortgage funding, and more. Chris, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it.
0: Love having you and getting an update on everything that's happening in the reverse world, which lately has been popping.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could say that. It's, uh, it's been some, some busy days at RMD.
0: So let's talk about AAG, easily the largest reverse mortgage lender. Uh, Tell us about what's going on there.
1: Yeah. uh, It's a pretty seismic shift in terms of the posture of the leading lenders in the industry because uh, Finance of America, which owns, of course, Finance of America Reverse, one of the other top 10 lenders in the space, announced that it's going to be acquiring the, uh, the direct consumer retail operation. And it also sounds like uh, the wholesale operation, we're actually prepping coverage on RMD uh, for today, the day that we're recording this uh, on Tuesday, to uh, uh, provide perspective from FAR President Kristen Seifert on the deal. And she told me that all of the AAG sales channels are included. So um, this effectively combines the the first and third largest reverse mortgage lenders in the country. Uh, so the posture of the top 10, as I alluded to before, is is going to be pretty different as we head into 2023. The deal for the acquisition still has to pass the customary approvals. Um, but once it does, which I don't think that there's any reason to suspect that those approvals will not be given, um, then you're going to have the first and third lenders combined. And the fifth largest lender, as we reported recently on RMD, is now off the board. So um, this is a a sizable shakeup in the reverse mortgage industry, probably the biggest shakeup that I have certainly seen during my time uh, covering the space.
0: That is crazy. So you don't think there's going to be, you know, I mean, we see when other mergers of of giant players happen, there's some real uh, regulatory, you know, misgivings here. Are we seeing any of that?
1: I reached out to uh, to some contacts at the Federal Trade Commission, and they. It's it's customary practice for the FTC not to comment on deals when they're announced. Once uh, certain uh, paperwork is submitted, then they can take a closer look at it. But you are certainly correct in in pointing out that the FTC, especially right now, is scrutinizing uh, M and A deals all over the place. But you know the, what people forget is that the size of the reverse mortgage business in comparison to forward certainly is so much smaller that um, you know the, the thresholds for what constitutes a rather seismic a- acquisition deal is not nearly as well felt as a comparable acquisition would be on the forward side. So the indications that I'm seeing uh, are that uh, there's not going to be a lot of um, scrutiny. I mean, that could change once the, the bodies get a better look at the particulars of a deal and how it could impact the marketplace. I mean, that that could certainly uh, the, the posture on that could do an about face. But as of right now. Uh, It doesn't seem like there's anything to indicate that there's going to be a a ton of scrutiny that could certainly sink the deal. Uh, At least, you know, we'll see what happens. But FTC tells me right now it's not really on their radar.
0: Yeah. Interesting on the regulatory scrutiny. Like I can hear what you're saying at the same time. I think the fact that it's such a smaller space means that the impact is greater when you have number one and three, you know, combining and then also number five just out. So, It's definitely going to have a bigger impact just because it is a, a smaller part of the industry.
1: Yes. And I think that what could warrant some potential scrutiny is the fact that the reverse mortgage industry deals with a protected class. That might uh, bring some additional eyes from the federal government on the deal. Again, still to be determined, and that's just speculation on my part. But um, you know, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is something that is going to reshape the the distribution of the reverse mortgage industry for a long time to come, if I were to guess.
0: So, part of you know combining these two companies is Finance of America Reverse is going to operate as a separate direct-to-consumer retail channel under the name AAG. And I, I assume that's because AAG has such a you know, consumer brand recognition?
1: Yeah. So one of the questions that I asked Kristen Seifert was how uh, the the delineation between the FAR brand and the AAG brand is going to work. And she basically told me that it's still pretty early to have all of the details finalized. But both the FAR brand and the AAG brand will continue to operate as distinct entities just under the umbrella of Finance of America. One of the things that she said uh, that will go into our coverage today is that uh, uh, one of the big reasons that this deal was done was to take advantage of the marketing apparatus of AAG, which has really been driving the entire industry. So it seems like uh, FOA is pretty excited about having Tom Selleck in the fold. Uh, There's no reason to think that uh, he's going to stop anytime soon in terms of his activities promoting the reverse mortgage product category. And I mean, for the last several years, I've talked to originators, even at other companies who say that they get inbound calls, even if they have nothing to do with AAG, uh, because of the messaging that they saw with Tom Selleck at the at the forefront. So. Uh, that seems to be a pretty big incentive for FOA to pursue this deal, and we'll have to see how they take advantage of all of the previous groundwork that AAG has certainly done. But uh, you know, the industry is kind of of two minds regarding the effectiveness of a celebrity spokesperson. But you can't deny the results, and the results are that he, Tom Selleck, has helped to provide a significant amount of brand recognition and understanding of the reverse mortgage product. So they want to keep that going.
0: Listen, his Magnum PI brand is still strong with this <laughs> cohort, right? I mean, he's obviously yeah. a trusted person, um, it has the right combination of whatever they're looking for. So really, sure. really interesting. And both, both of these companies had layoffs earlier this year, right? Even maybe in this quarter.
1: Yeah, uh, and it sounds like there's the potential for more uh, changes to take place in terms of the workforce. I asked Kristen Seifert about uh, whether or not we can expect to hear anything about AAG employees making a transition or vice versa. And again, she just kind of deferred to the it's too soon to say. She said that they're going to be making individual determinations about uh, employment decisions on a case-by-case basis. So we'll certainly be keeping our ear to the ground, but um, it it is still pretty early days in terms of this transition. So I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of other details that shake out between now and, and when it's actually finalized.
0: You know, Finance of America, we've been watching both of these companies um, all year in different ways. Obviously, you report on AAG and Finance of America all the time, but even like pulling back and just looking at them as bellwethers of what's going on re- in reverse. I mean, you note, uh, we note in the story of Finance of America lost $302 million last quarter, but its reverse mortgage division posted a $34 million profit, um, again, in a small space in a very challenging time. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and that's something that uh, seems to be a major focus of Finance of America's leadership going forward. I mean, uh, in some of those earnings calls, which I think I've even discussed with you on this show, they seem to have downplayed the negative performance of their forward division and accentuated the positive performance of their reverse division. So it makes a lot of sense considering what executive leadership at FOA has been saying in terms of trying to focus more on the specialty finance and services businesses or SFNS, which the reverse mortgage category certainly falls into. They also have a, a home improvement loan uh, vertical that has cross sale potential. They talked about when that actually when that acquisition happened for the it was I think it was called Benji before and now it's Finance of America Home Improvement. Uh, so there's a lot of changes taking place at FOA, and the incorporation of AAG into the the corporate infrastructure of FOA is likely going to have some pretty big impacts just on that organization. One of the advantages, for my purposes as a reporter covering the reverse mortgage space, is that now the leading entity in the in the industry is going to be under the purview of a public company, so they're going to have to. Report a lot more details that I can now take a look at that was previously inaccessible to me and by extension to our audience. So, uh, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how uh, investors scrutinize the incorporation of AAG into the FOA family of companies. Uh, so, a lot of changes afoot and potentially a lot more information for us to work with. Now with the exit of reverse mortgage funding from the equation and now with FOA and AAG uh, consolidating and Longbridge Financial also being under the purview of a public company and Liberty Reverse Mortgage also being under Aquin, there's a lot of uh, uh, new ability for us to get information that was uh, totally inaccessible to us before. So um, you know, look for a lot of uh, reverse-centric stories, maybe more than you're accustomed to once earnings season rolls around.
0: It is great for us to have that transparency and for our audience, right? We we know so much more um, when a company is public, so I can understand why why that's exciting for you. Well, let's talk about the reverse mortgage funding um, and how how that all went down. I talked to James about it last week, but this was your story. I would love to get your take on it and you know what the industry reaction has been to that.
1: The industry reaction has been one of. I, Surprise is probably too strong a word because the people who were really paying attention to its back end issues and who are well versed in uh, the problems that are uh, taking place right now in the secondary market and forward and reverse, they probably saw it coming a little bit more. My job in that story in collaboration with uh, with Bill Conroy, who really did a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of the secondary market reporting, was to get the impression of people who were directly impacted by the layoff decision and uh, to try and get more industry perspective. And basically, several of the executives that I had spoken to at Rival Lenders seemed to think that RMF was maybe being a little too aggressive when other lenders were pulling back in the space once it was clear that refi volume was drying up uh you know the refi boom that i've talked about for it seems like the last infinity number of years came to an end very abruptly this year when rates spiked and uh one executive who spoke to me uh relayed the perspective his his own personal perspective that uh, the lack of conservatism that was showed at rmf which has worked for them a lot in the past just wasn't going to work this time um and the former employees that i spoke with there they were a little bit more surprised you know they uh in, in some cases spent several years maybe since the beginning of the company uh close to a decade ago at this reverse mortgage organization And um, when they received the news, it was a little bit of a blindside, particularly for uh, employees who were maybe in processing or underwriting divisions. So, you know, it's it's tough to have to have those conversations with former employees after they've gone through such a, a tumultuous occurrence in their lives and in their livelihoods. Um, That that's not really something that gets talked about very much in the story itself. But, you know, I, I give them all the credit in the world for actually helping to provide their industry peers with enough information to operate off of to have a good and accurate assessment of how this went down for employees. Um, one of the other developments that came out of RMF recently that we actually reported on, uh, I think it was late last week, is that uh, an employee has filed a class action lawsuit. We had a couple of people when we were doing the initial reporting at different levels, both inside RMF and outside RMF, say that uh, there were no like severance packages. So a class action lawsuit is going to be uh, orienting itself around uh, alleged violations of the Warren act across several States. So that's something that we'll keep up with as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough when you have close to 500 people in a pretty tight knit industry, all things considered who are now without a job, very, very close to the Christmas holiday. Uh, that's never an easy conversation to have, but, uh, again, I I give them a lot of credit for stepping forward to, to give us accurate information.
0: You know, we know that a lot of mortgage, uh, forward mortgage lenders have been interested in reverse. And one of the things that is such a um, obstacle is really finding loan officers who understand the space, who have been trained to do it, who know how to be compliant in it because it's a completely different process. You know, mm-hmm. has a lot more consultation. Um, there are there are different rules and regulations. So you hope that some of these um, reverse mortgage pros will be able to, you know, if there's any mortgage forward mortgage lenders looking to add that capability here here's sort of a you know at least you have ready made people who already understand how to do that because i think your typical forward lo is is going to find it really challenging to do reverse if if they're do if they're trying to do both i do know of a company that trains somebody to do everything but it's pretty rare normally these are these are two very different personality types i think
1: yeah. And it seems like, um, there are reverse mortgage lenders who are actively hiring at the moment. I've seen, you know, I've, I've been connected on LinkedIn with people across the entirety of the industry and I've seen, uh, loan originators in particular land at several other companies. And that's something that I'm planning on devoting some coverage to as well. Uh, we've seen this before when another top 10 lender collapsed a few years ago, uh, for totally different reasons. Um, there were a pretty it was a pretty sizable chunk of operations employees and some originators who landed at Open Mortgage based in Austin Texas and Open Mortgage has been hiring recently and one of their executives told me that they plan on uh, uh, adding a lot more reverse personnel by the end of the year uh, but I've also seen uh, former RMF employees land at Mutual of Omaha I've, I've seen them land at Fairway so. Uh, it seems like it's more concentrated toward originators, not exclusively, but um, you know, most of them seem to be. So it's nice to see that uh, that some people have had a soft landing, but that certainly doesn't apply to everybody.
0: I think the reverse space is so unique in the sense of like um, because it is such a it, it seems much more collegial than other parts of the mortgage industry when it comes to lenders, like it's a pretty tight-knit group, even though they're competitors, they collaborate in educating consumers and uh, the wider industry about what they do because they're kind of all in it together. What do you think, you know this sort of um, has it has it been pretty surprising to people that AAG? That this you know that AAG got bought and that this consolidation and that combined with RMF, it feels like this would be a a pretty big um, you know gut punch in some ways.
1: Yeah, in terms of the the AAG acquisition, I've seen and heard perspectives that are both positive and negative on it. It seems like most people are pretty encouraged because it means that AAG is staying in the space, and it means that uh, consequently their educational apparatus and marketing apparatus is also going to continue to be active just under different stewards. Uh, other perspectives that I've seen are that it's never good when a a major player exits, you know, um, we need uh, one, one person that I spoke to said, we need more people in the industry, not less. We need more entities in the industry, not less. So this is, uh, you know, shaving off the amount of, uh, high level entities in the reverse mortgage space. But at the same time, too, it's hard to argue with the realities that come with marketing a product that has a generally poor reputation among the public. Uh, Far for its uh, – just in terms of its recent moves, they've made some investments in terms of its own educational uh, pursuits by collaborating with Morningstar, Uh, and that's supposed to try and get the reverse mortgage product concept into a lot of financial planners in particular. So the investments in education are usually like always at the top of the list when it comes to the priorities of reverse mortgage lenders. So seeing FOA expand its, uh, potential to bring the message of the reverse mortgage product to a larger segment of people. I think that's, what's encouraging to other people in the industry how this is actually going to ultimately shake out in terms of the business being done is still to be determined. You know, I'm going to be keeping a pretty close eye on industry performance metrics to see how things are going to be impacted, particularly this month and next month uh, as we roll into 2023. But it seems like there's a division of opinions in terms of embedded reverse mortgage industry professionals. And I do plan on devoting some coverage on RMD to that wider industry reaction very soon.
0: I'll be looking forward to that. You know, in uh, in a related topic, we have had some coverage. Um you always kind of look at like, hey, what are we seeing consumers do that might affect the, you know, reverse space. And one of the reasons that we are so uh, positive on the space and think that this is going to be a space that you know that the reverse industry is going to continue to grow is because it does meet a need that we see in different surveys um, when you ask people the way they want to age as they get older. So tell us about some of those stories this week.
1: Yeah. So there was a report that came out of uh, Bank of America that seemed to underscore the potential reach of the reverse mortgage market. And uh, the data release from, from B of A said that both Generation X and baby boomers that make up uh, you know, 70% of 85 million homeowners in the US, 60% of Gen Xers and 76% of baby boomers plan to have retired in the home they already own. And that was the homeowners insights report that Bank of America released. So aging in place is a foundational tenet of the reverse mortgage product, not just because uh, you're creating a lien on the home that you live in and, you know, eliminating your forward mortgage payment, but the, uh, the, the loan requires people to stay in the, the home as their primary occupancy. So there is a lot of importance that is tied for t- that is tied to the idea of a senior who gets a reverse mortgage on their home to stay there. So the naturally the reverse mortgage industry orients itself around messages that are related to aging in place. And continuously, you know, we've seen data that is focused on baby boomers and Gen Xers in particular, but it's really it, it also extends to younger generations as well. They want to stay in their homes. Particularly coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were a lot of horror stories about the spread of the virus in those congregate care settings. So it makes a lot of sense for these people to want to remain in their home and and uh, retire and live on their own terms. And the best way to do that is in the home that you already have. So this isn't necessarily surprising as much as it just punctuates the potential for this product in particular to meet the needs of aging in place, because uh, there's not been a lot of indication from um, from other authorities, like in the federal government, for instance, that aging in place is a sizable priority. It seems like most people usually look at some sort of assisted living or congregate care center uh, if they need to, but, you know, life expectancy is getting longer uh, with 2020 being an exception because of the COVID pandemic. Um, In fact, that was a story that I also uh, recently touched on. Some CDC data analysis from the Washington Post uh, pegged the 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 death rate of COVID-19, nine out of ten COVID deaths in the United States hit people age 65 or older. Wow. So that kind of punctuates the um, the anxiety I think that a lot of seniors feel about potentially going into these congregate care settings. But aging in place in your own home, you know, it's pretty involved. You have to make sure that it's a home that is appropriate to be aged into. Uh, you have to make sure that it's the right size. You have to make sure that uh, floors are level, that there's grab bars, that there's ramps, you, you know, and those uh, investments usually cost money. Reverse mortgage is one potential path to, uh, to potentially streamline or retrofit a home so that it's more appropriate to age in place within. So there's a lot. there's a lot there. And it just seems to emphasize as people get older, aging in place in the home is becoming increasingly attractive.
0: I thought one of the interesting parts of the uh, Bank of America survey was that the reason that people gave for wanting to stay in their home is they had made a lot of repairs to their home. They had done a lot of remodeling, put money into the home, and they kind of got it just the way they wanted. Plus, people just have people don't want to move. Does anyone like moving? <laughs> no, you know. So I feel like there is always a bias to staying where you are. And as you get older and things, you know, your world kind of gets a little bit smaller in some ways. The familiar is is very um, comforting, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, familiarity I think home is one of the things that comes to mind just in terms of the concept of familiarity itself. You know, we love to be in the places that we get to fashion. You know, home is within our control. And losing that semblance of control can be really, really disorienting for people, especially people who might have spent several decades in their in, in a particular residence. So This is something that just makes a lot of sense. You know, the rate conversation certainly applies. Uh, Reverse mortgages are not immune from the heightened rate environment that we find ourselves in. It affects reverse a little bit differently. In the end, it primarily impacts the amount of proceeds that a borrower can get from a reverse mortgage. But that also, in in terms of specific borrowers, might be a cost worth eating if it means that you know, you're able to get rid of a forward mortgage payment entirely while you remain in the home. The value proposition requires a little bit of nuanced conversation, which is one of the things that separates reverse from forward and usually also separates the skill set that is required to originate reverse. But no, I mean, it, this... Like I said before, you know this isn't necessarily very surprising information as much as it is a reinforcement of a lot of the concepts that the reverse mortgage industry has been operating off of for the past several years, which is that seniors want to stay in their home. A lot of the times, if they have insufficient retirement savings, they need some sort of financial instrument to help them make ends meet. This could be a potential option for them. It doesn't work for everybody, and I think any reverse mortgage lender worth their salt would say that. But um, it's certainly worthy of consideration for the right people.
0: Well, Chris, it's been great to have you on as always. We will look forward to some of that coverage you're talking about, some of that follow-up and and the news stories. And just thanks for being on.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me, Sarah. always appreciate it.